as well. Check both of them. Yeah, I don't know if you can hear it or not, but I got fireworks going on all outside my house right now. Oh, really? Yeah. That's, not, oh, yeah. not, that's not surprising. I don't know if I have yeah. anything going on. I don't hear anything going on right now, but they mm. were crazy last night around here. My wife mm. was actually, they actually made my wife open the front door and started yelling at people. <laughs> it was wow. like 11.45 and she was, yeah, <laughs> she wasn't yeah. in a very good mood. I can I can bet waking up being up that late with fireworks. Yeah. Now I'm in I'm in a small town. It's so I'm like five minutes from downtown where the fireworks show was happening, and so it's like everything. It's just ridiculously loud. But yeah, I'm glad we don't. I mean, it, it used to be worse. We used to live in a little town called Shrewsbury, and we literally lived um, on like right next to a playground where they held a week-long fair every, like, leading up to the 4th of July. And every night there was fireworks, especially, like, the last night. And just, yeah, it was, it was awful. Between all the carnival noise and everything else, I mean, it just, it was brutal. That's, that warrants taking a vacation whenever that rolls around next year. It's like, take, take a little vacation. Yeah, that sounds... Yeah. There's nothing that bad here, thankfully. What we have is a sci-fi convention where people roll in their custom cars that look like Lightning McQueen and the Ghostbusters. That's about the worst we got here. Well, and it's like we couldn't, you know, at least at the old place, we um we couldn't really complain too much because it was like it's a we we just happened to live by a community fairground, so it was like <laughs> tough breaks. But you know, when you don't live near a fairground and it's just your neighbors being pricks and like yeah yeah we get it you know fireworks but um you know it's midnight time to, time to cut it out yeah it's cool I, I don't know if you saw it or not but there was this video this guy saw a firework and it didn't explode and it just came right back down to someone's yard like a mortal oh, and the and the, the caption read finding new ways to fuck with veterans on fourth of July oh god <laughs> it's just, you know, it's I saw- just terrible <laughs> I saw I saw one I don't know if it was it was a post or a tweet earlier and I can't remember who made it but it was like a really solemn moment when I read it it was like uh people complain like people complain about the fireworks because of the noise um because we're we're so used to not having that and they mm. were like you know realizing I wonder if this is what it's like to live in the Middle East and yeah. just just like you know you just kind of get used to it probably over there the sound of you know explosions and stuff like that yeah bad. it was um i saw a similar tweet today from the um libertarian party of kentucky i think it was like joe biden tweeted about fireworks and he was just like is this what it sounds like to live in yemen yeah. <sighs> all right well um i don't know if anyone's watching live yet but um if you are or if you aren't this is uh the daniel three biblical anarchy podcast i am the host jacob daniel here with uh my co-host for tonight uh caleb brown the catholic libertarian um how are you doing on this uh happy treason day tonight uh like a celebrate like a real american i went to the gym and took a nap (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah this is a day that's a bit more challenging for me you know like memorial day i don't celebrate because it's just like to me it's 
you know, I'm anti-war. Memorial Day is kind of a celebration of, you know, war. I don't think there's any other way to put it. Even if you want to say it's just honoring veterans, it's like, well, to me, it's normalizing. Like, the, like it's kind of like their holy sacrifice in these mm-hmm. wars that we had to fight. And I reject that entire uh, narrative of history. So you can't really celebrate that. Fourth of July is a bit different because mm-hmm. I, I sometimes feel like there's a little bit of a baby in the bathwater there with the holiday. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't want to celebrate the uh, the mythos of American exceptionalism. I don't want to, uh, you know, I, I don't want to celebrate America as it is today. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so there's, you know, people who are very patriotic, waving the flag and worshiping the nation state and, and that stuff. That was I me last year. <laughs> I got, I got, I got a, I got a uh, American flag top hat and everything. I have an Uncle Sam costume the whole nine yards. I was, I was there. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> and we all were at one point. Don't feel too yeah. bad. Um, but, but then there's, there, there's something about the 4th of July that I find to be um, I, and, you know, like there, there's something about like a, like a culture of liberty and like the idea mm-hmm. of, you know, like the things you find in the Declaration of Independence and the idea of, uh, you know, uh, unalienable rights given to us by a creator, yeah. um, the, the, the right of the people, the duty of people to overthrow tyrannical government. You know, th- there's things there that I like. That I want, this I do want to celebrate. It's a, it's a, it's an important part of history. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, this is the one day of the year the masses will celebrate rejection of authority and killing, uh, killing, killing cops. It is the one yeah. day the masses are on our side. We're just like, hey, maybe sometimes killing government authorities is a good thing when they're terrible. And every other day you say it, you 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 get a Facebook warning. <laughs> but you know, you say it this today, and everyone's like, America. It's yeah. Annoying. There's there there's that you know and and it's like it's you know the the word treason and the word uh secession are dirty words to some people but really that's what this holiday that's what the declaration of independence that's what it was it was an act of secession that if fa- if it failed um the people would have been tried as uh, 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 for committing treason um <laughs> you got it flamed Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, I, I made a joke earlier today when I was like, I was in a clubhouse room talking about how I was going to go live on the 4th of July. I was like, what? I was like, I should, I should just read the Declaration of Independence <laughs> and then follow that up with reading Common Sense. <laughs> and I was just like, it, it would be funny. Oh, common that, Sense is great. Yeah. I, you know, what's fu- and I was joking. Like, you know, what's funny is that to a lot of people, if I read that, but like, uh, like edited certain parts out that would give away that it was talking about something from history. Um, you know, a lot of people would, would, would read that today and they, you know, a lot of people probably haven't read common sense. And so to hear that being read aloud, you know, be interesting to like, someone should make a, a, uh, not like a parody to market, but like almost a parody of it, but apply it to today. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? Like, like, like have all the same things there, but just change the, 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 the subject matters to, to be more about, uh, you know, the, the tyrannical government that we're, you know, I, I'm sorry, like, I, I'm not going to shy away from the word secession. I mean, I, yeah. I usually lead with the term decentralization. Um, but but I think that ultimately, you know, we, we need kind of a national divorce is kind of what I think. I mean, I just don't oh, yeah. think that the idea of the founding fathers 
even you know may, maybe the Federalists, but but certainly not all of them, and not the Anti-Federalists. Um, you know, I don't think they envisioned this giant nation state that would rule over you know three hundred million people. Um, yeah. There's there's no there's no reason for it. Um, you know, at the very least, if I'm going to if I if I want to compromise on no king but Christ and being an anarchist. And, and and compromise in some form of minarchy it has to you know there's no there's no way you can have minarchy where it's a government ruling over 300 million people like there's no there, there, th- that is never going to be minarchy um you have to push it way down to the local level and to me it's like i don't see how you do that without some form of decentralization that eventually leads to um secession and people... Look, you, you just got you, you just got to talk to the monarchists. They got to figure it out. You know, they pop a king pill. You know, take that pill. They figure this out. Apparently, I don't know. <laughs> on on well, common it's... sense, though, um, I did a podcast actually about two weeks ago on common sense. Was a uh, uh, oh my god, I can't remember his name. Guy from Twitter, awesome dude. If anyone wants to check it out, I highly recommend it. It's a lot of fun. Talk common sense, and we talked um, his anti-Catholic writings because Catholic. So. Uh, I recommend everyone go check it out. It's really good. Yeah, no, I, I might go back and look at that. You know, I, I haven't read Common Sense in a long time. I should. Mm. Uh, I don't even own a copy, really. I should. I should buy a copy and uh, and and reread it. Um, mm. But it's it's good. It's def, def yeah definitely a good read. Um, but yeah, I mean th- that's what we're celebrating today. And I, I just I don't want to like I was having this debate earlier with people in a private group because, um, you know, I'm I'm on a. I whatever I don't, I don't think this is a big deal to talk about publicly but mm-hmm. so I'm I'm on the media relations committee for the Libertarian Party of Pennsylvania and we were discussing putting out um you know messaging for the 4th of July on the affiliate accounts on Facebook and Twitter and you know it, pe- people were a little bit you know you know cuz we're I'm from the Mises caucus and so was one other person on the committee and they were a little uh, skeptical about like some like like they were like oh we don't want to be too aggressive and then like they're always like oh we can't talk about secession we can't talk about violent revolution we can't talk about like th- that's what this holiday is like how do we talk about this holiday while while not talking about what it was like this mm-hmm. wasn't the, the the american revolution was not a political movement of people going to king george and saying hey um we we want to you know, deregulate and hey, we want to decentralize and hey, we we want to reduce our taxes by one two percent. I mean, they had tried all that for a while and it mm-hmm. didn't work, and they got to a point where they thought that they were justified in complete secession. So I, I just don't, you know, I, I don't understand how we're supposed to talk about a holiday without actually talking about the historical facts. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, Fourth of July, like when I talk about Fourth of July, people, I try to. I don't stay away from succession, but I try to keep it focused on that holiday. Because the moment you say succession, especially in the South, all you're going to get is a rope around the neo-Confederate and Civil War. I got to keep that yeah, conversation focused. But, but you know, it's like oh. how, you know, how, how – to me this upsets me because to me the Civil War is what really tainted those words. Mm-hmm. And it's because to me there's been this false uh, – again, a false narrative of history that's been pushed post-Civil War. Um, that, and again, like, like two things could be true at the same time. Was the civil war fought with slavery being a main contention at the center of what was leading to that conflict? Absolutely. But was it 
only fought over the issue of slavery? No. And did the South secede only because they wanted to keep their slaves? No. Um, it was very much about, like, like you know, the reason Abraham Lincoln uh, the was president the we to have leave was, was, not because, was not because he cared about ending slavery. It was because he wanted to preserve the Union. He did not, mm -hmm. you know, he, he was... He was an authoritarian, and you he can was say, a "Well, constitutional it's a dictator, <laughs> right?" And now people will say, "But it was justified because it was." Yeah. But, but that wasn't even his motivations. His motivations were not to end slavery. He he only reluctantly mm -hmm. made the war, like almost post hoc about slavery. Uh, the, you know, two I mean, years the, later the, after the Battle of Gettysburg, the Emancipation Proclamation was a wartime proclamation that only applied to the um, southern states that he had no authority over at the time, and it had the power to rescind it immediately after the war. I mean, Lincoln is absolutely terrible on every issue, on everything that arises, and the amount of propaganda surrounding Lincoln after the war is mind-boggling. Yeah, I mean, it's it's worse. I, 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 Lincoln and Washington have, like, the most amount of propaganda put Mm. around them with maybe fdr being a, a third i don't know who's first though like like you can make a really strong argument for washington or lincoln and i think lincoln was almost more of an authoritarian straw man than mm. washington was but washington was the first one and cr created and people created this mythos around him uh mm. being this this really noble dude when you when you go and look at the history of george washington he was actually kind of a kind of a tick <laughs> Yeah. And kind of like, you know, a lot of uh, actually, you know, it's funny is that if George Washington wasn't the general uh, of the American Revolution, the war might have been won sooner by America mm -hmm. because he was a terrible general. Like he had this weird obsession. Like it's been a while since I looked at the history, but um, he has the, he had this weird obsession with like he had to take back Philadelphia. And and like that that was like a huge waste of time and, and, and troops and, and stuff. Uh, early in the war and you know and people kept advising him not to do it the problem was the people loved washington so they kept they, they basically kept him there to keep up appearances and morale but he wasn't some brilliant uh general actually the, the most significant victories in the revolutionary war were basically in spite of him or just him like you know there's the whole uh, what was the one where he just like when I forget the one where they crossed like the river to go get the British while they were sleeping. Yeah. Um, yeah. um that, Delaware? No. Uh, I forget. Oh, it'll, it's going to plug me too now. Yeah. <laughs> been, oh. been a long time since I, I've studied a revolutionary war history. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm focused on but, civil war right now. And at the moment, you, moment you switch to a new topic of history, you forget all the other stuff, sadly. Yeah, dude, that, that's so frustrating. Like, yeah. I, I read a lot and watch a lot of documentaries, but it's just like you can't keep the, the – I don't have the kind of brain that can yeah. remember – like, I'm good at remembering, like, the things that happened, but I'll forget things like people's names and mm -hmm. the exact names of certain battles and stuff. Um, you know, the stuff I remember the most is stuff that I've done papers on, and, like, I did a lot mm -hmm. of papers on uh, the Civil War because I, I live near Gettysburg. So mm – -hmm. uh, I actually like got to go to Gettysburg a lot growing up and go to the, all the museums and different, you know, spots and stuff. So, um, I, I know a lot about the civil war in Gettysburg, but it, actually cool, a cool trivia about where I live. So I live in York County and Gettysburg is, is, uh, you know, probably like 45 minutes to the West of me. Um, the Confederate troops came through York County 
and they wanted to go up to Harrisburg. And to do that, they had to cross what was you know, what's the, the Wrightsville Bridge, which was to cross the Susquehanna mm-hmm. River into the Lancaster side of the river. And uh, York burned down that bridge to stop them from, from crossing. So that's why they had to double back and go the other way. And that's how they ended up in Gettysburg. So that's a cool mm-hmm. little local history, little little local history trivia that I uh, I learned <laughs> in high school when I took a local history class. Um, but yeah, I mean, um, I forget where I was going with this. I'm a bit of, on a bit of a, a, a rant right now. But yeah, I just, you know, people need to, you know, like go read some, some Tom Woods, even go read some Thaddeus Russell. They both have good books on uh, a lot of the um, propaganda that we're taught in public schools regarding American Anything history. Anything but... Anything by Thomas De Lorenzo to be on everything is written to be on your reading list. We are yeah. Lincoln, Flawless Lincoln, Lincoln Unmasked. My favorite guy in the Liberty Movement, honestly, is Thomas De Lorenzo. He has the best books, in my opinion. He's he's phenomenal. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't read I haven't read read him. Um, oh, the, you, you got to. to my. I'll add that to my my uh, my vast. You know, I'm, I'm a person that loves to read, but mm-hmm. because of my, like I guess this is part of my ADHD is I buy like. 20 books and read about three chapters of each of them and then like my attention span. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i have read two of those books on that self <laughs> i've read two of them you people ask, how many books have you read it's like i read about four chapters out of probably like 500 books <laughs> there's not a lot of books yeah, yeah. that i'll read like a lot of times like i'll read a whole book but over like a like a couple years span where like mm-hmm. i'll read a couple chapters put it down come back read a different section of it later on i don't know just mm-hmm. the way my brain works i can't it's hard for me to like take a long book and go through it from start to finish um you know when it's when it's non-fiction fiction is a little bit different obviously yeah um but yeah i mean moral of the story um yeah we're, we're the, the, this holiday that people are celebrating is about secession it is about violent revolution now personally as a christian um i'm anti-war and I really want to avoid violent revolution. Like that's that's not something I actually like am I, I want to celebrate and promote. Um but at the same time, uh I just think it's ironic that people people do celebrate that. But then just when libertarians talk about uh radical decentralization and and, and wanting peaceful secession, they act like that is that's so foreign in people's mind Mm -hmm. they act like it's like they they act like you're well you're i guess this is why we're um we're labeled radical extremists on facebook now yeah it's like wait a minute you don't want to drop bombs on children just because they're brown and then some other part of what extremists what's wrong with you right yeah it's like fine for those who don't i don't know like if if anybody didn't get that message didn't hear it but for those who didn't like a lot of libertarian facebook uh we're we're getting and probably normies were getting it too to be honest but Mm -hmm. um but 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 we you would log into facebook and it would uh, pop up with this thing saying you've recently been exposed to some radical extremist content and it was like acting like you were psychologically damaged from it so it was offering like some articles and stuff to help you and like advising you to seek help and counsel if you were uh you know suffering from some some post-traumatic stress from the content that you had seen and it's just like I don't know what radical content they're talking about, um, you know, unless you're talking about like, I don't know, like voluntary trade and not bombing people. Like, is that is that is that radical extremist content? 
And what I actually I mean, did was I flipped it around as I went on Facebook and Twitter. It was like, thank you, Facebook, for finally recognizing that we live in a dystopian society <laughs> with a state that, uh, you know, like I, I flipped it around and tried to make it yeah. like Facebook was calling out the mainstream establishment as yeah. the, the radical extremists. Because to me, that's what they are. I mean, I just yeah. – uh, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. Um that's a good point about switching it around. I mean, my Facebook is all like adrenochrome Alex Jones stuff. So my, I actually probably deserve that warning. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, it is absolutely absurd how, how, how we are called radical because we reject the status quo. You know, that's all it is. It's like we've lived in this statist nonsense for 245 years or 255 years or however long it is. And now people just can't get out of their heads. Wait a minute. But like, how would this work? Like, you know, like you say, hey, let's not drop bombs. Like, what we've done in my whole life. What else do we do with all this tax dollars we take from you? You know, like you just put, like, hey, maybe we should spend so much money on. They're like, well, where else is it going to go? You want partisans making more money now? It's like, there's not binary options. You could just say, hey, keep more of my fucking money. <laughs> like, that could be an option. <laughs> and they just. Yeah. No, no, no. The best, the best system is to have the government take half of your wealth and then give you back maybe 10 15 percent of it um mm -hmm. after you go through all these uh hoops and hurdles and stuff and when when they already know what they're gonna that's the, that's the thing that pisses me off about the irs the most and filing taxes is that they already know they're just making mm -hmm. sure that like like the, the, it's like do like <laughs> it's like a, it's like a test except if i get the test wrong i could get locked up in a cage so yeah. it's like you turn 18 bad. You turn 18, someone walks in like, you owe me money. Well, how much do I owe you? Guess. 25? <laughs> Wrong. It's right to jail. It's just, it's yeah. like, how stupid is this system? It's like they yeah. want you in jail when you can't pay taxes in jail, but you can live up other people's taxes in jail. Oh, it's so boy. broken. Well, and like if we're going to – and like this is a good you know transition to our – what we, we're, we're going to talk about tonight. Um, you know, If we want to talk about radical extremist content – um, you know, I'd like to talk about uh, how we've normalized how the state, how the media have normalized drone strikes uh, on, uh, you know, halfway across the world. We've just, you know, we, we, we've grown up with this giant military industrial complex. And it's like, you know, it would actually I wouldn't know how to feel if American troops weren't in the Middle East. Like, I, I don't know, like my basically my entire life going back to like second grade, uh, we've had troops in the Middle East for the war on terror. Mm -hmm. And, you know, now this latest thing with 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 Biden, um, you know, the drone strike that he authorized um, is is being portrayed as as self-defense um, because, you know, uh, <laughs> and it's like uh, you know, it's like um, if you were in school and you had like a like a like a kid who's a bully who's like I don't know, like a full foot taller than another kid, or like like a fifth grader and like a kindergartner, and then like the kindergartner was like uh, saying some curse words or like saying some mean things to the fifth grader, and so the fifth grader like drop kicked him in the face or something, and he's like, it was self-defense. Like, that's basically what this amounts to. It's like, does anyone really think that Iraq is a is a threat to America, to our safety? I tell you what, the only people that might be in danger from anyone in Iraq 
our American troops that are stationed overseas mm -hmm. in Iraq and in different places of the Middle East. And I would just say, you know what? Um, why are they there? And, mm -hmm. you know, how would you feel if there was a foreign country that had had a military presence occupying your country for the past two decades? Yeah. So you look at look at Red Dawn. You know, everyone like Red Dawn's a Fourth of July classic. Everyone loves to watch it. The heroes of the movie are a ragtag civilians who grab AKs and sue at incoming government forces. Swap out the locations, and that's the Middle East. <laughs> you know, uh, but speaking of Biden's self-defense thing, look, I love it. Like, I love this new definition of self-defense because my neighbor's been pissing me off, and now I have no reason. I can just go right for it. You know, this is our new definition of self-defense. He's over there, and he might be a danger to me. I can go and guns ablaze it, and the government's okayed it. You know, so I'm... I'm rock solid on this new self-defense definition. I think it's a, I think it's a step forward for humanity. It, 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 it's it's like the state. It's like it's like the equivalent of like the like you know they 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 lost their balance on the sidewalk and stepped onto my lawn. So I'm I'm authorized to, uh, you know, pull out my you know fifty cal and 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 come them down from from the uh, window in my my top floor of my house. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what I mean? It's like it's it, it's you know, it's people don't want to research the history. It's like, go go research the history. We have been meddling in the Middle East for decades. I mean, going all the way back to like the, the, the 80s and, and, and earlier. I mean, and, and before we were the ones that were heavily involved, it was the British. And, and you know, the, so like the West overall has been messing with the Middle East going back yeah. even longer. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, just think about how uh, vitriolic uh, Trumpers oppose the idea of Mexicans crossing into our country illegally, right? It's like people like people um, describe that as like it's an invasion. Like we've all heard that. People describe the immigrants crossing the border as an invasion. And mm -hmm. it's like they're so riled up and ready to build a wall and ready to authorize a state – uh, to to use any means necessary, even like I've heard people say, like have a man with a gun every you know ten you know every fifty yards at the border and shoot anybody that they see. It's like you're that prepared to use force for just like people who are fleeing the horrors of their country to come here. How would you feel if like Russia or China or uh or Britain had? a two decade three decade long military presence in our country that we didn't consent to you know what i mean yeah. like and they did it, they, it it's it's like people aren't willing to conceptualize that because yeah. um america it, it all goes and that's the reason i don't like celebrating the fourth of july or mm -hmm. memorial day or all these these holidays and i push back against the history the the uh, narratives of history that we're taught is because we're just constantly fed all this propaganda that just America good, rest of the world bad, America's yeah. freedom, rest of the world not freedom, and, they hate and, us and for you know what I mean? Like people, just... <laughs> yeah, they, they hate us for our freedoms. Yet. What was that? Uh, there was that quote from Joe Biden, and it was I mean, like, um, "Terrorism is political action when done against the consent of the governed or something." And like basically, like if you just swapped out. Basically, if you spelled it out and lived and you looked at the words "actual definition," then his government's a terrorist government. Like it was the most absent-minded statement you could think of. It wasn't so bad. It was a uh, Clinton. Clinton. That's who it was. Bill Clinton. Um, 
Now, and if anyone wants to learn more about the war stuff, just go read Scott Horn's two books. They're both on myself. They're both incredible. Uh, recommend everyone read those. You know, it's like you read it and you got to wish you had a stronger drink with you when you read every page. <laughs> it is. Not a whole, yeah. I actually did a podcast uh, yesterday on the uh, on the Christians, on Christians and anti-war, uh, Christians who are pro-life but also pro-war. How does it contradict in, uh, in terms? It's going to be out probably tonight or tomorrow, hopefully. Uh, it's it's really weird. Christians who are so artistically in the ground about pro-life views, but when it comes to pro-life of you know innocent people on death row or children in schools in the Middle East, it's no, no, no. Those ones don't count. You know, it was a uh, it was Michael knows Michael knows had the quote. I I respect due process and and rights for American citizens, and it's like you just wrote off the rest of humanity. Because you, your rights now stem from the American government's designation, not from simply existing. <laughs> like, how stupid is that? Like, you, you, your definition of who's a human, who's not a human, stems from what the government assigns you, not from your active existing. I heard that. I got so angry. It was so stupid. Yeah. Mm. And it's, you know, the other thing that, that pissed me off after this, uh, this story broke was like, I, I was listening to, um, uh, you know Shane Hazel. Mm. Yeah, so it's Shane he, Hazel. He's coming myself. Oh, cool! Yeah, he's coming on mine too yeah. soon. Um, he's awesome. I love that guy. Yeah, I, I, I like Shane a lot. Um, well, he, he confronted Justin Amash at the, uh, uh, I think it was the Michigan convention. Uh, <laughs> like 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 last was it last? Yeah, I think it was last weekend or two weekends ago, and he was sharing the footage of that on his podcast last week, and how, mm. you know, and and. I don't hate Justin. Justin's good on some things, but sometimes he's bad on some things. And he was, he was like defending the idea that like a lot of the, the, the military actions that we do are not, uh, you know, um, not like, like, like Shane was pushing him. Like none of these are constitutionally authorized. And Justin was trying to like defend it or put some spin on it, which just that's, pissed me off. It's just like, that's so I, weird. I don't get it. Cause like Justin sets a blue pilled libertarian, you know, he's so blue-pilled, but he came from, like, a ZOP camp. And so he's, like, a mix of blue-pilled on messaging, but still Republican, his talking points. Like, I, I, I think he's fine, but when he talked, it's like you're hearing a mix of a Trump, of a uh, MAGA guy who uh, took too many blue-pills. Like, that's what he sounds yeah. like. He's, like, a bit of both. So I'm just, he's exactly, he's, like, I, he's like dead middle of that political compass as a libertarian. And he's exactly the guy I don't want messaging for my group. Yeah, I mean, he he too often sounds like GOP light, and mm -hmm. it's just ironic because I mean, you know, I, I thought it was the Mises Caucus and people like me who were trying to, you know, bring like we're always accused of bringing Republicans into the Libertarian Party, but it's just yeah. like I don't know, we, we 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 seem to be the loudest critics of people like Justin Amash and mm -hmm. and uh, you know Gary Johnson and and Bill Weld and. Um, and it's like, and, and I don't even, I, I feel bad even putting Justin in the same breath as Gary Johnson and Bill Weld, because honestly, <laughs> like that, that isn't fair. Justin Amash is so much better than those two in so many yeah. ways, but, but even Justin, as good as he is, is still just at, at so many times, just way too prag, praggy, way too blue pilled, whatever you want to call it. And, mm -hmm. and the, the things where he pisses me off is where he doesn't sound libertarian. He sounds like a Republican. Yeah. And and it's like you know what I mean. So it's just it's just aggravating. I mean, but yeah, when I you just start like, talking yeah. about 
Oh, when, when we started talking about the um, uh, Dan, January 6th uh, in, insurrection, oh, it was like, God. you are, you, he's just, he's, you he, he said, he said, he's DOP light, you know, and seeing conservatives go after him for being too libertarian and then libertarians go after him for not being libertarian enough on Twitter, it actually makes me happy because we can agree on something. This guy is not great at messaging. Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, he, just, just... he needs to be radical. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he he seems to want to make the Libertarian Party like the GOP from I don't know, like two or three. It's like he doesn't want he like he just wants it to be a better version of the Republican Party. It's like no, mm-hmm. that's that's not what I'm in the business in. That's not what yeah. that's not what we want. Um, but to get back to the original subject, yeah, I mean, um, you know, I I just I'll keep keep pressing on this point. Um, people keep on saying. The drone strikes were in response to, you know, threats against our troops, attacks against our troops. Like again, uh, the people over there would be like, "We're attacking your troops because it's self defense." You know what I mean? It's like you got two claims of self defense here. Um, I mean, one of it, one of these parties, one of these parties is defending their home, and the other parties is somewhere where they really don't belong. So, I mean, and, you know and what most I mean? states. Like, <laughs> In most states, if you want to use self-defense in your home, you have to retreat. That's like a go-to law in most in some states. Obviously, I stand the ground. You have to retreat a little bit to show that you want that you're trying to survive, you know. And yet, when we're over there, the idea of retreat to be in danger, and you can immediately go guns blazing. It's so like all self-defense standards in the Middle East are so con, con, um, countered to our self-defense legal standards here in America. I mean, it'd, like, it'd be like, like if I broke in, it'd be like if I broke into your home two decades ago and I've been holding you hostage and you broke free and came at me with a baseball bat and I shot you and called the police and said it was self-defense. You is what <laughs> like, you just is what my house. That's what you did. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like it's like it's like you're not even like where you're supposed to be. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's not it's not like our troops were at, at like US uh, located military bases and then Iraq came across the ocean, attacked us and re-retaliated, that would at least be somewhat different. Um but no, like you know what I mean? It's like they're they're attacking us because because we're there. This is what Ron Paul was talking about, you know, back mm-hmm. in two thousand uh I mean for forever really, but back or like yeah. in two thousand eight and two thousand twelve especially. It's like, you know, this is blowback. They don't hate us for our freedoms. They they hate us because like we're sticking our nose where we don't where we don't belong mm-hmm. um and then especially christians um like i i don't I, I especially don't understand the mental gymnastics that christians go to go through to justify these these ongoing wars like mm-hmm. it's just like show me in anything jesus did or said or walked that we can justify this kind of perpetual occupation and 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 military empire that america is I mean, you know, like, like, you know, if Jesus walked the earth today, walked into the White House, you think he'd be like, uh, uh, war in the Middle East? Big thumbs up. Like, you really think Jesus would be like, 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 you know, keep on keeping on, dude. Like, no, um, I'm sorry. I don't, I, I I can't see that. I can't see G, I can't see Jesus looking at the American, uh, presence in the Middle East as, as a noble Mm -hmm. war against, extremist terrorists i'm sorry mm-hmm. no it's it's i mean we, we literally serve a god who called himself the prince of peace you know like that's to be painfully obvious that if his one of his going titles is prince of peace 
and you say in your pro-war Christian, you're clearly missing something. That doesn't have to require a deep reading of the Bible. You know, you don't got to be an expert. You just got to know, oh, Prince of Peace, I can't be pro-war. It seems obviously connected. And they just wipe that away to some crazy jump through the loop. Like, well, like the only answer they've ever given me that ever been at all respectable was when I had one of them say, um, well, Muslims don't count. <laughs> I was like, oh, at least, you know, at least you're honest. I, I can't ask for anything else. I can ask you not to be stupid, but that's not going to work. So at least you're honest. Oh, God. And then, like, the other thing we were going to talk about, you know, because tonight is 4th of July and shit on Biden night. Um, yeah. And you know more about holiday. this than me. But I guess there is some kind of um, debate in the Catholic Church right now about yep. if Joe Biden should be allowed to uh, take part in the uh, in communion or the, the sacrament. Yep. So what's what's happening is um, to be, take part in the Eucharist and the Catholic Church, you have to be in communion with the church. Um and Biden, who is pro-choice, is not in communion because he supports abortion. Therefore, he can't shouldn't be able to take part in communion. It's normally up to each individual priest at each individual uh, location. And a one dude like a year ago said, no, you can't have it. Caused a whole big uproar. Um, and now the Council of Bishops is meeting to decide if the pro-life, if pro-choice partisans can take part in the Eucharist. What the correct answer is, is very tricky to figure out. Because on one hand, you want the church to do what's right and stand firm to its beliefs and not give special treatment to rich and powerful people. You also don't want to look like a church is now weaponizing the Eucharist to control partisans because that's going to make the church look bad. <laughs> you, so it's like, what's, uh, what, what's the answer? I don't know. I've spent hours, if not days, trying to figure out the correct answer here. Of like uh as image and then possibly trying to be taxed because the government did like it was one of the government officials said if they try to affect political change this way, we're gonna have to tax them, which could be a really big thing if they start to try to tax churches. It it's just it's um and it's like 16 different partisans are uh, under this microscope now, like Nancy Pelosi, I think, is under it. Um it could be a really big change because the government the church tries to start doing this, well. I don't know. It's, just, it's, it's so many different angles to this. What the correct answer is, I don't know. You know, but it's it's definitely going to be interesting when the decision comes when the decision comes out, knowing if uh, pro if they do say Biden can't take communion, even though he's pro choice, then they have to apply that standard to everyone because they can't simply say what's in power people uh, uh, can flaunt the rules when they want. Because then it starts now saying this teaching on pro on abortion, which is an absolutely terrible idea. So I and but. The, Every bishop is spineless, you know. Every single bishop, when it becomes bishop, gets their spine removed. That's a little unknown Catholic fact. But every bishop is spineless, and so I, I, I don't know what this is going to be. And I, I don't know what it is. It's going to be a bad one. That's just, that's been settled. Yeah, you know, there's there, there's so much there. I mean, like for one, it's like how, uh, like, what means is appropriate for the church to even like in gain this knowledge to enforce it you know what i mean like mm -hmm. i guess with a with a politician their views are kind of out there in the open so you just know mm -hmm. but then it's like all right i mean are we going to now normalize like uh are the 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 leaders of a church going to start like screening all of their uh uh members for their political views well, and searching their social media and facebook and all a, that to see what there they is say. a standard there's a standard in the church i can't remember who wrote about this but it's a church teaching that 
if a tzitz leader does know that someone is not in communion with the tzitz, it is up to that individual pastor. But it is more often than not the pastor gives it out anyway, has do not draw attention to the misdeeds of the individual. So the tzitz is very good about secrets. I mean, kind of, it's bad sometimes, but sometimes it's pretty good. They're very good at keeping secrets. And so when they know someone's doing something bad, they, will, they are hesitant to showcase what they're doing bad by denying communion. But when you're not only open publicly doing it, when it just kind of is forced to act. And so it's, yeah, it's, it's a little sketch. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, it seems to me like there's, um, and I mean, I think communion is important in all Christian uh, denominations and, and branches, but it, it's always seemed to me that for, for, from an outsider looking in at the Catholic church, it always seems to me that, um, you know, uh, it has like a really a special like a high stressed importance to to, yeah. to Catholics. Um, well, we believe so, that the Eucharist, when the when the wine and crackers are prayed over by the priest through the process of transubstantiation, they transform into the they uh, embody the literal they literally embody the uh, body and blood of Christ and become the divine blood and the divine body. And so you are literally in communion with Christ when you take part in the Eucharist to a Catholic. And so do we. In literal communion with, with with God and Christ, and then to be flaunting His teachings is a very big no-no, <laughs> you know. And so, right. it's very it's a very big decision for these bishops to decide. And they've been in a meeting for I think two weeks now, trying to figure it out. So, it's it's going to be it's going to be interesting. <laughs> yeah, but no, I mean it, it, it's you know like the other angle I have on it is like the part of it that I like is that I like the idea of the church kind of like being critical of politicians. So mm-hmm. like, there's a part of this that I kind of do like where it's like, I, mean, I don't like the idea of kind of the church sort of like invading people's privacy and kind of being mm-hmm. authoritarian with things like the Eucharist. But on the other hand, the element of this I do like is the idea of like, you know, the of any church kind of like looking at things that politicians, especially those in power do and kind of like, taking a stance against them i just wish that um you know like if you care about again the, the hypocrisy of it all like <laughs> if you're saying biden can't take partake in the eucharist because he's pro-choice and abortion kills people it's like cool uh do you think that the that the drones are dropping bombs of love and friendship mm-hmm. on the people in the middle east yeah we have we like, are clearly <laughs> so far out of catholic just war teaching that it's absurd how people are still being like like we're so far past just war and by Catholic standards. And that if they really wanted to be sticklers for the rules, they would be denying communion to any politician to support right. the warfare state. But uh, uh, if they do go down this route, I hope they don't limit it to abortion. I hope they decide again, well, we have to get involved in everything like this now when it comes to politicians and people out in the open right. yeah, and start actually trying like, to affect things. Right. Like that's what like I'm this, saying. It's like if you're going to do this, Okay, but don't don't stop at abortion. Like, yeah, you know, hey, let, I mean, let's talk about, um, you know, I mean, I would push them to be consistent on 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 everything. And, um, I'm sorry, like, uh, I'm not wearing the shirt tonight, but but the last time we talked, I think I was, um, I'm, I'm still waiting for somebody to explain to me how taxation is not theft. Um, and I'm pretty sure we have a commandment that says do not steal. Before yeah. anybody comes at me with render unto Caesar. Oh, you said the context it. I, you of that said passage. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> let me, let me, let me, 
people need to understand the context of that passage. The Pharisees were trying to trap Jesus in an answer because uh, the Jews believed that it was actually wrong to pay taxes to Caesar because mm-hmm. he, like, you know, was claiming to be, uh, you know, divine. And uh, and at the same time, it would be illegal if Jesus were to say that it was wrong to pay taxes to Caesar because he was an illegitimate ruler. So the Pharisees mm-hmm. were really asking him that question, not because, like, they wanted to get into a deep philosophical debate. It was like, we're trying to get this guy thrown in jail or discredited mm-hmm. in front of all the uh, all of his followers. And Jesus gave a perfect answer by saying, render unto Caesar what is Caesar's, and to God what is God's. Mm-hmm. Um, well, first of all, I mean, I think in the Christian worldview, you'd probably agree with me, like, I mean, everything technically belongs to God. Um, yeah. and, and ultimately our, our, especially our worship. So I think the most important part of that is to be, be giving worship to God. Um, and you know what Jesus said, if you love me, you'll follow my command. Well, okay. Like some of those basic commands, like loving your neighbor and even your enemy means not stealing from them, means not murdering mm-hmm. them, means not initiating force, means not co- coercing them, uh, mm-hmm. not extorting them. Um, when Jesus says, render unto Caesar, what is Caesar's? I think that the consistent reading of that would be that, okay, you have to ask yourself, what is Caesar's? Is what is Caesar's property and what people owe Caesar, that which he claims that people owe him through the initiation of force or or the uh the threat of force because if if that's the case well then if if i say like caleb uh you know wire me you know five bitcoin or i'm going to you know come burn your house down you're you're like you know what i mean you'd have to do that right like i'm saying you owe me five bitcoin Obviously, that's ridiculous, and people would realize that, like, well, just because you claim that something's yours doesn't mean that it's rightfully yours. All right, well, then we have to actually dive into property rights and what makes something legitimately yours or or legitimately somebody else's. And the Bible talks about that pretty explicitly, and I could go into a lot of scripture about property rights but i think the most basic thing is just do not steal right like isn't it just all come down to do not steal which means that um if you want something from somebody else you have to trade for it otherwise the only things that you own are the things that uh you either make through um like the first like you're the uh first creator of it or the first homesteader of it whatever whether it's land or property um so there's that or you traded for it but but nowhere anywhere else in any other human interaction do we say that something is justly someone else's property because they claim it through force or the threat of force. So when we say render unto Caesar what is Caesar's, the next question is what is Caesar's and what is he yeah. owed? He isn't owed taxes just because he demands yeah. it through extortion and that applies to the state. Um, so to me... Hey, Catholic Church, if we want to be consistent here, sure, um, people who are uh, for abortion um, don't take the Eucharist. Also, people who are for dropping bombs on people in the Middle East can't get the Eucharist. People that are for taxation can't take the Eucharist. Oh, that'd be beautiful, thank. I would, I, 
episodes of Beautiful Signal. See my shirts just come out and actually be based for once in the last couple hundred years. Be beautiful. I'd be like, I made a good decision. I just owned the right place. But lately, it's been such. Prog- uh, I'm not gonna say progressive, but such. Um, uh, what's the word for it? Not not traditional. I'm gonna, I guess it's progressive. They've been so progressive on on, on things lately. Like it's has just been going downhill on everything. And I said it before. Like I was, I didn't want to because I was reading the Sears Fathers and saw how awesome and based they were. You know, literally being tortured and so I'm burning codes and then saying I'm done this side, turn me over to the government. Like that's right, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and I go to my church now and everyone's like, you get the fauci outie, where's your mask? You gotta do all I'm like, what is this? You're you're your self-proclaimed Sears fathers were literally models against the government, and now you're over here just like get the fauci outie. It's like what what is this? What is this nonsense? Like we had a we had a base. Be- I I walked in. I, I I'm, I'm sticking to it because I think it's true. But my, after my first experience in mass, seeing all the status worship, I'm like, where are the Quakers? I'm gonna go find some Quakers. You know, I'm gonna go opposite in that spectrum and go over there for a bit. Um, yeah, but it it's a church would actually stick to its uh, teaching to be a better place. But yeah, yeah, and you know, it's like that's why you know. T- to me, like my 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 page, and, and like there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with you identifying as the Catholic libertarian. Like, so don't get me wrong there. Um, you know, I'm I have more of a you know uh, neo Calvinist uh, reformed uh, persuasion in my theology, um, but I've always made my thing kind of a big tent because I just feel like despite all the differences in, in our denominations, we have way more in common than we do in in disagreement. I mean, um, and I just want people to be consistent on the core of Christianity. Like, if we could be consistent on on the core, then mm-hmm. I'll care more about the the um, uh, secondary doctrines, as the, people the, call yeah, the them. secondary stuff, the things that are more. Yeah. Uh, what's the word? Periphery. I think it's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, th- things that are. You know, it's like it, is the Eucharist. Like, I could have challenged you on being like, "Oh, is the Eucharist literal or not." Or I could, or we yeah. could get into the debate on infant baptism, or we could get into the, yeah. you know, like there's so many little things we could get into a debate over. But I don't think mm-hmm. any of us would actually say that these things are uh, impactful to people's actual salvation. And then two, that these things are really impactful in terms of the moral worldview that Christianity teaches. So, like, if we don't have any major disagreements there, then those things are to me secondary. And I'm, I'm not no, going to make. I... Go ahead. I have the exact same view. I'm I am very focused on like you know, I see a lot of the debates are fun, but they're more fun after the, the, work, the work day is done. You know, like let's focus on what is the biggest threat to people's lives, liberty, and freedoms. That's the government. So if you're uh, if you're Calvinist, Lutheran, whatever denomination you are, Anabaptist, if you're against the uh, most immoral thing we have in our society, the Baptist man. <laughs> some of them. Some of them. <laughs> this is the ones on the clan. We'll keep those ones. The the fun Baptists. Yeah. So the like potluck I said, no, kind, no, no. not <laughs> the, the potluck kind, not the racist kind. We'll keep those separate. Um but I, I have some Catholic friends who don't necessarily like this. They don't they don't they think my focus on the state is misplaced and that everyone theologically agreed it would be a better place. And I'm like, you could have everyone be Catholic and the government would still exist. And we still have all these problems. Like I, my focus, should, our focus should be 
what is doing the most immoral harm to everyday everyday people? Right. That's to be the focus. It should not be, well, do you think this, this, or this part is true? It's like, that's fun. That's important. I'm not denying that. But the focus would be, hey, what's killing the most people? Well, clearly it's this. So let's focus on that. We can debate the uh, Marian doctrines later. And I had fun doing that. But like, we should make sure people aren't being murdered every day before we right. start debating philosophical ideals. Well, like, like imagine Jesus coming down and like, like literally like like bombs raining down from heaven killing you know thousands and over the course of decades millions of people and we have you know like i think now it's up to two million or three million people forget the exact statistics people locked in prisons in, in cages in our country for nonviolent crimes and uh you know locked in cages for crossing a border and just you know like stealing half people's wealth playing all these economic games that are uh you know jeopard like like that are just robbing from people and keeping them in perpetual poverty and like like jesus would come down today and see people debating over uh like you know like like these these low-hanging fruits of of like doctrinal differences and like mm-hmm. people like you know screaming about you know uh if, is the eucharist literal or not or uh you know Negatory or, something, or, or, like, you know? or like eschatology like you know are you a, a pre are you a pre-millennialist or an amillennialist or you know whatever and you're just like oh. hey guys um you remember when i said like to care for the least of these and to like love your neighbor um yeah, yeah like um wake up people like what what are you doing <laughs> mm-hmm. you know what i mean like i just uh i can't see jesus coming and applauding at what our priorities are right now like yeah and, and it's like my and, and honestly my focus isn't the state because i'm first and foremost an anti-statist the focus mm-hmm. is my state because as a christian i oppose things that are like morally abhorrent like murder and theft so mm-hmm. if there's an institution that literally is founded on murder and theft, you're damn right. That's going to consequentially be my biggest mm-hmm. focus. It's not my biggest focus because like axiomatically, I started out from a premise of saying the state is bad. No, my axiomatic starting point is the Bible, which says that murder is wrong and theft mm-hmm. is wrong. So if murder and theft are wrong, you know, try to justify the state to me and you know there, there's like you know there's those same four or five passages that the status christians will throw out at us and they they haven't actually actually ever done a really good damn reading and exegetical mm-hmm. study of those passages romans 13 render unto caesar you know all that you know mm-hmm. they're just using them to justify uh the the conditioning they have in the, the blind obedience of the state and also ignoring the countless examples in the Bible of people not listening to the state. You know, I'm I'm really glad that Moses didn't submit to the governing authorities. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> no, no, that brings up an interesting point. I wanted to, I, I talked this over with um with Craig and Nate from the Bad Roman Project. Um, they said um like eighty percent of all current politicians identify as Christian. Um, yeah. which leads to the question, are 80% of them lying? Which probably, or has modern Christian teaching led to the creation of our current partis- political class? Like what, what is this? Are they lying or does modern Christian theology point to people being just terrible on war? 
Oh, I no. hope it's the first one, but the second one seems more likely because you look at Monday searches. I mean, I'm so people's searches this morning and 4th of July had American flags everywhere. You know? Like, it's... Yeah. Uh, um, you know, my answer to that, you know, Matthew 7, 21 through 23, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but mm -hmm. the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name mm -hmm. and do many mighty works in your name? And I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers mm -hmm. of lawlessness. Um, yeah, there's a lot of people that um, claim to be Christian, and I'm not going to comment yeah. on their... Um, their status in terms of salvation and, and eternity. Mm -hmm. But um, when the gospel says to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, they should be the ones who are trembling the most because yeah. they are, um, you know, they are, they are worshiping, uh, you know, to me, the state is not actually a, uh, a bulwark of actual law and order. Yeah. It is a agent of, of, you know, like a distorted version of law. Like, cause to me, God's law is not coercive. God's law is, is not harmful. Like, like the, the actual law of God, the, that he has instituted is good. And it, and it, and it brings life and it brings healing and it's, and it, and it's based in justice and righteousness. The mm -hmm. law quote unquote of the state is evil and coercive and destructive and, mm -hmm. and, and demonic, I would say. So, you know, to me, it fits into this passage very well. I think people who, uh, you know, when we say there's 80% of the politicians identify as Christian. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm never going to be as presumptuous as to uh, guess at people's ultimate status in, in terms of salvation, because that is not mm -hmm. my place to judge. But uh, I can judge their actions as being completely uh, in uh, incongruency with the faith that they proclaim to, to be a part of. Yeah. As a Catholic, I will proclaim most of the standards and it looking good. Yeah. <laughs> like it's like you're saying, if you're going to get to heaven and you know, you guys look at you, look what you did. It's like, well, well you, you did some things. They dropped bombs on Sodwin. You know, you know, it's like, I'm, I'm going to say most of them ain't looking good. Unless they're constantly getting forgiveness or choose a mental gymnast to justify it. I, I mean, I'm convinced most of them are lying. I don't think so. Well, I mean, I mean then, uh, I'm not I'm not an expert on Catholic theology, but if, if purgatory is real, I. <laughs> and people and people have to had to sit through purgatory to be purified, yeah, I mean mm -hmm. the politicians that are quote unquote saved probably would have to be spending the longest time yeah. in purgatory. <laughs> Interesting fact on uh, purgatory: uh, C.S. Lewis, who was not Catholic, believed in it. <laughs> this is a weird fact I find. You know, even as C.S. Lewis, who was right. a Catholic, was a psych. That one makes reasonable sense and went with it. You know, it was, it's just, I don't know, I find that weird that C.S. Lewis was the most Catholic and non-Catholic. It's, he's a weird one. Yeah. Yeah, he is. And, and but people yeah. don't know, you know, I mean, I think a lot of like people in our circles know, but some people don't know that C.S. Lewis, um, you know, basically identified as an anarchist. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of Christian figures throughout history that were basically mm -hmm. anarchist, either explicitly or you know, at least, you know, very much implicitly, um, mm -hmm. Tolkien, another one that was, that was, uh, an anarchist. And there's, yeah. um, I, I know there was, a God, who was, the, there's a, there's a, I think she was Catholic. There was a woman, but she was a bit more of like a, a left anarchist. Um, 
God, I, I, I know who you're talking God. about, but I can't remember her name. Yeah. God, I'm, again, this is like where I, uh, <laughs> I blank on, on names. I'm pretty sure she was, she was, we're going to look it up quick, quick Christian. Anarchist. Speaking of token, uh, some people are trying to get him canonized as a saint because he was Catholic. Really? And so we, we might have in like a couple, in 150 to 100 years, we might have a saint token. Uh, which means the Lord of Rings we release when they reprint them all was the same token underneath them. That's going to be pretty cool. Dorothy oh, Day. Yeah. That was the person I was uh, trying Day. to think that, of. For a name, it sounds just like a cartoon character. I don't know how you right? get it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Dorothy yeah. Day. That sounds like someone from like Wizard of Oz or something. Yeah, but she was a uh, an American journalist, social activist, and an anarchist, um, and a Catholic. Um, you know, a bit more, you know, left leaning. She was also a pacifist. Um, but, but, you know, to me, like, I wish more people like her were the face of the Catholic church. I mean, she was like, so in your face with like being anti-war and, uh, and anti like cathedral, anti the, the cult of the state. You know what I mean? Like she, she, she really got the biblical anarchy part of it, uh, correct. I think, you know, just, I think sometimes people become anarchists and if they don't know economics, they'll kind of lean more towards the socialist side of yeah. anarchy, I think. No, it's, but it's weird. I I can talk much. I have much more fun talking to the anarchists, even the left wing anarchists, than anybody else. Like the anarcho communists yeah. are fun. Like yeah, di- uh, diagonal unity. A, That's where I'm at. Diagonal unity. Let's do it. I, I I was in a um uh clubhouse uh room like a week or two ago with like three left anarchists. One that was like an anarcho socialist. One that called themselves a anarcho communalist, which is a bit distinguished from anarcho communism. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like we, you know, we, we had really, really good, really fun conversation and, you know, a little bit of debate here and there. Um, you know, the, the main, the main debate we had was that they're kind of like, you know, uh, environmental alarmists. Like they think like, the environment is going to go to shit in the next 20 or 30 years because of climate change and other stuff, which, um, I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm a little bit more optimist on the climate change. Although I will say, uh, the destruction of our rainforests and the pollution of, of the ocean are very, uh, destructive things that I am worried about. And those things are, you know, mostly, uh, able to be done because of 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 states uh, actually yeah. and you know so i always tell my my environmentalist friends like if you actually care about the environment the the biggest polluters are not private actors it's mm-hmm. it's the state it actually when you own state. property you kind of tend to want to take care of it it turns out like actually like, yeah, like, like if something's something's yours you you kind of tend to like not want to treat the land and the resources like shit to the point where mm-hmm. you destroy them and you know the state is kind of hard to take the court for what they do. But yeah. if there is a large corporation and they pollute the river in a town, guess what? Uh, the town can probably take that corp, that, that business to a private, to a court and, and say, yeah. hey, you, you owe us damages and you have to pay for, uh, you're going to be, be held liable uh, to, for uh, restoration and cleanup for, for our water supply. You know what I mean? Like you can hold private actors accountable it's a lot harder to hold state actors accountable. Yeah. Speaking of private property and like pollution, the absolute dumbest thing when you bring up private property and like pollution is when somebody is like hardcore lefty people or say things like, well, I'm not trespassing. I just turned on my giant fan and put a bunch of poison gas in front of it. And the wind took it to your property. 
like the, the say that has an argument against why private property is stupid. And somehow I was like, I don't know how that proves private property shouldn't exist where people violate it. Like I don't see that making any sense to me, but I'm also not an idiot who would think of things like that. So who knows? You should check out my episode with uh, uh, Joe Hartman where we went into uh, argumentation ethics, which is like oh, I love those. The, 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 the absolute mm-hmm. like the, the, you can't you can't debate against private property without without uh, contra- yeah, performing a contradiction. Yeah. It's right. Yeah, yeah, like, like, uh, yeah, the minute you engage into an argument, you are you are demonstrating mm-hmm. private property norms. Yeah. So the debate against private property is a like a non sequitur. Like you lost the yeah. minute you started. Uh, I mm. like it because it's actually kind of similar to presuppositional apologetics, which mm. I don't think is the end all be all of apologetics, but I do think there's value to it, which is like yeah. to ar- argue against uh, the Christian moral worldview, almost like you kind of have to presuppose uh, norms of morality that are basically mm. sourced in the Christian worldview. Yeah. Um, because without it, it's like, you know, like if we just live in a naturalist materialist world, it's like, you know, define good or evil. You know what I mean? Define truth. I mean, it's like, it's hard to define, you know, I mean, I don't think it's the end all be all of apologetics. Like some people Mm. think it is, you know, I also like the work of people like C.S. Lewis, like the work of Mm. people, um, like, uh, I like that one, um, YouTuber capturing Christianity, um, he's great and then, i love him and he's done stuff with that uh that catholic guy uh pines with a coin that's right yeah i yeah. love i love those guys like uh, mm-hmm. the uh the christian apologetics youtube community is really cool i like like watching their yeah. stuff i just you know they're they're still status they're great you know maybe yeah maybe one, I, day one of us will get to talk to them right <laughs> well i i am uh constantly underneath matt Frad's comment section asking a bit on tom woods right like, i was yeah. in the, I, i'm in the live tab bringing up tom woods i actually he did a live he did a live stream with uh, the Freedom Tunes guy a few weeks ago, and I was in that live chat just debating everyone. <laughs> I gained like a few subscribers. I put my email. I'm like, oh, I was at work doing this. After I was done arguing, I put, here's my email. If you want to keep talking about this, email me. We'll do it on my podcast. We'll have a debate. No one took me up on my offer, sadly. Seamus Coughlin of Freedom Tunes really disappointed oh. me, man. I mean, I can't listen to him without getting Patreon. angry. I, I used to be a Patreon supporter of his, but I just mm-hmm. over the past year, like he just went hard for trump and said he's not a libertarian anymore and i was just like he's a trad con that's what he is he's a trad con yeah. he's uh people immensely disappointing people in the comment section that video was saying um so this guy's a libertarian he's a paleo libertarian it's like no i'm a libertarian okay this this is what the ideology looks like this is not that is not it yeah he's not even a paleo libertarian so, he's a he's, no. he, he might be a paleo conservative but he's mm. not a uh, he's not a paleo libertarian. You can't call yourself a libertarian and say it to be a crime to burn the American flag. Once you start yeah. saying it to be crime to do nonviolent actions, you can't say you're a libertarian. Like it's yeah. Uh, he is yep, he uh. But on on the ethics thing you pointed out, you brought up earlier, not argumentation ethics, the presupposition ethics. Uh, this is why I respect Ayn Rand so much because so many atheists try to like reject Christianity but keep the moral framework. Um, like Sam Harris, all of them, like, well, the Moors are good because they're just naturally occurring uh, Moors, and everything else is false. But Ayn Rand's like, no, no, it's all wrong. And she gave her own system for it. So even if you don't like Rand or atheism, the tenacity and ingenuity to, to devise your own moral framework and system so you don't have to play any game and use their language is a cool feat, and everyone should read her for it, you know? Yeah, Ayn Rand I, I, I have, I have, interesting. I have, Oh yeah, I have, I have to plug every podcast. I feel like I have to because he's just 
She's like, her and me just are the two best people besides maybe, like I, I posted on Twitter the other day, my three favorite sinkers are Aristotle, Rand, and uh, no, Aquinas, Rand, and Rothbard. And they all would have hated each other. Yeah. <laughs> they were all three great. I mean, on every issue, when they were, whenever they focused on the issue, they were all superbly and perfect. But if you ever got in the room together, it'd be the, it'd be a sit-so. And it'd be, I would sit there as popcorn. It'd be amazing. But they all would be at each other's throats in five minutes, and it'd be beautiful. Well, yeah, even today, the objectivists can't stand the anarchists. I mean, yeah. they, it was it was funny to see... Um, uh, Yohan um, Book and Michael Miles. Yeah, it was funny to see that. And then uh, he also had... Um, God, what's his name? Uh, I can't remember his name. He's uh, the founder of the American Capitalist Party, and he's an actor too. Mark uh, Pellegrino, who is an no, objectivist as well. Mm. Um, uh, he had him on the show too. Um, but and I like both those guys. You know, libertarian world is filled with so many interesting people, and even yeah. those who are atheists and come from big different backgrounds and stuff. Um, you know, there's so much value to them. You know, and and like Malice is like I'm still reading through Malice's book, which I have right here. But he's got guys like a good Tolstoy and 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 Christian yeah. anarchists in here. Um, so you know, definitely it's a good, good book. book to plug. Um, <laughs> and. Uh, yeah, well, we've been at it for a little over an hour now. Um, I, think wow. we, I think we accomplished our mission. Fourth uh, of July is Happy Treason Day, and uh, you know, took a large dump on Biden from multiple <laughs> angles. So, uh, you know, mission Thank accomplished. You, you know, we uh, th- this will be mission accomplished. Uh, kind of like the war on terror when um uh, was it was it was it Barack Obama said mission accomplished, but uh, but we're going to still be here for the next two decades. So mission accomplished with Biden, except, you know, we'll probably shit on him next week, too. Hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> I mean, oh, I, I, I got to ask you, when do you think he's going to be done? Think he's going to make it a whole term? Because I'm predicting he's going to make it exactly two years and one month. Yeah, that's about I was saying two years. I, I, mm-hmm. I, I, at first, I was expecting the first year. And then I was like, no, he'll probably get two years. Um, well, if he goes think, two I years, think I think they're going to push for for uh, Kamala to not have a uh, like for her first when she takes over for Biden has to be less than a uh, half a if term. If it's after, yeah, if it's after yeah. two years, two years and one month, and so to finish out his two years, and so still be the one, and so still have uh, ten years if she wins two terms. My, right, uh, exactly. I have a bet with a friend. I have a bet with a friend that they win. Uh, two years and one month in, Biden will drop. So go in. And then once he goes to run, her, her, her vice, can't, vice president pick would be uh, Marcel Obama. And we'll have 10 years yeah. of Marcel Obama and Kamala Harris. I got $20 on this. And I, mean, I don't, I don't I'm know about the confident. 10 years, but I, 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 I can't say for sure. Like That's too far out for me to be able to predict the next two elections. Mm-hmm. But I definitely think that's their intention and plan yeah. is to uh, keep, you know, barring uh, – you know, a premature death or something or major health issue from Biden. Mm-hmm. I think the plan is to at least get him to the two year and one month mark. And then after yes. that, any convenient excuse to take him out and put Kamala in will absolutely be taken advantage of. And the funny thing mm-hmm. is, is that they're going to play it like it's a big surprise. And as if like, you know, we hadn't seen that coming this entire time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That, that That'll yeah. be fun. Oh, yeah, it's cool. I got right, the well, memes um, ready. It's gonna be great. Right? Yeah, <laughs> the memes are already in development. Or it's like that. What that meme? Um, uh, like Darth Sidious when he says, "Uh, the the shield generator will be, 
uh, fully operational, be by, fully time operational by the time your friends arrive. Like the mm -hmm. the, the uh, Kamala Harris memes will be fully operational by the time <laughs> she takes over. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be great. It's gonna be uh, meme them to uh, they cry and then push them to self harm. Pequenonis. <laughs> that's such a radical quote. I love it. <laughs> yeah, he's 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 more troll than 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 I am. You know, I mean, I'm 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 really not a troll in my personality or demeanor. I laugh at the trolls, but he goes beyond what I can usually like. What I, you know, what I would usually stomach, but I don't blame him. And you know what's funny? Like, look at Pete Cojones like two years ago. Super mm. nice dude. <laughs> two years of dealing with all these libertarians have turned him into this giant asshole. You know what I mean? And it's like, you know, he's where like, I want to be. Like, I want to be on his level, but I'm just not that smart. Like, maybe, I see him post things and I'm like, I wish I could do that. That's so awesome. You know, and, and like, him and I got into a spat on Twitter, like, I don't know, a few weeks ago or a month ago. Mm. And, you know, I, I, I let it go. Maybe I should invite him on my podcast sometime. I, I, cause I'd like to, and I've heard him kind of explain his, his strategy and stuff on, on social media mm. before with the trolling. I just, I don't get it. I don't to me it seems kind of childish antics sometimes but maybe there's just something about it I'm missing or maybe it's just one of those things that I just need to agree to disagree with some people on it's like I'm not against edge lording and, and trolling people to a point but I just feel like there's a point where it's just diminishing returns and I'm, I'm not sure what the, the the point of it is I think it all depends on the target like if you're trolling a big name and getting them to react negatively that's a huge benefit. And if you're trolling your own follower to figure out who the weak ones are, and you put like a malice and kill away your, your comment section, I think that's the only benefits it really serves. But outside of that, if you're just going to go underneath big names and start like spamming uh, sit post memes, I think that's just counterproductive. But I'm not as good at it as he is. So who knows, you know? Yeah. I, I, no, I, I, I'm, I'm, I don't judge Pete anywhere near as much as I judge the you know, the, the, the people in the Liberty movement who want to do nothing but, you know, complain and moan and make up false narratives and, and, and bad faith accusations at, at people. Mm -hmm. It's like, I'm not a, I'm not a fan of the level of edge lording that Pete does, but I'm not as aggravated by that as I am by a lot of other people in the Liberty movement for, what they do and pete makes like the problem is like pete makes really good contributions to the liberty movement still which makes me kind of like give him a pass with the the edgelording when i think it's ridiculous the other people like the figuratarians crowd and stuff i'm like oh, what are, what guess. positives are you contributing like all you do is shit on other libertarians look like, that's, I, that's, that's I, I hate them all you but i also love them like I hate them because like every time I see them post, it's terrible. But every quote tweet on, on the, uh, of theirs is beautiful. You know, like if they're just gonna be there for people like uh, uh, what's his name? I'm blanking on names right now. But if they just exist, people can quote tweet and make fun of them. That's what I'm. That's, that's what I'm there for. You know, like I love that they're there being roasted every day. It's just beautiful to me. Well, I just but. it's yeah. I mean, I have a long history with them. I mean, I tried, like, when I first joined the Mises Caucus, I tried to kind of come in and bridge that gap, so to speak, and kind of act mm -hmm. as, like, a mediator and and try to talk to both sides. And, 
and like, hey, like, let's stop the stupid infighting. It's petty. It's juvenile. Like, you can have disagreements with the Macy's caucus and people in it. You can not want to be part of it, even. You can even want to be in the party and want to make sure the Macy's caucus doesn't win at state and national affiliate. But this game you're playing with your, your page and your podcast and the way you're going after people is juvenile and promoting a toxic environment. And really, I think what happened last month in the LNC is largely attributable, attributable to the environment that a lot of those type of people created, mm-hmm. um, which is like, you know, you know, instead of uh, agreeing to disagree with people like adults and just working with people where you can and just trying to outcompete them when they go directions that you don't agree with this game that they've created created not only backfired but to me it creates incentives in the liberty movement that uh just just lead to more and more infighting you know what i mean so like if you don't it's like again like you don't like the kind of like i don't like the kind of edge lording that pete does but i also recognize that like it didn't happen in a vacuum like pete didn't come into the liberty liberty movement a nice guy and get greeted by a bunch of nice libertarians and then two years later become like this 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 guy who's edgelording and trolling people. Like he did that because like he got tired of dealing with the bullshit. Mm-hmm. And like uh, I can I can get that. Um I don't I don't agree with it. I don't think that's the correct response, but I can see where it came from. Yeah. So yeah. You know, it, well, it is what it is. I'm probably going back on that podcast. It's the Fakertarians podcast at some point in the future. Or or I might be having one of their guys on my show. I don't know. We're 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 gonna see. Um you know, as much as I as much as I think that what they do is shitty, I, I think that it's good to engage with people that you disagree with. I don't like to be in an echo chamber and uh you know, I'm not, I don't think it's appropriate for guys like Dave Smith or Pete Quijones or like these big <laughs> shot guys to give those guys a platform because that kind of like is more than they Elevation. deserve, but yeah. yeah, but I'm a, I'm a small guy. So it's like, I'll, I'll, I'll talk to them, um, from, from, you know, where I'm at, but um, speaking of having on consenting, uh, not consenting, but opposite opinions. I'm having on, uh, the King pill dude, Matt, uh, Erickson. he's coming on. So oh, it's be okay. fun. We're going to talk uh, to Machiavellians, so it should be. <laughs> That'll be interesting. Cool. Yeah, I'm look. I'm looking forward to it. He's Eastern Orthodox. I'm. I think he's. I think he's Orthodox. He talks like he's Orthodox, and so as someone who's Catholic, I think we're going to have some uh, some fun agreements. You know, so, so a post-libertarian, and cap, Orthodox, Catholic. So there's like agreement and then a split, and so I think it'll be fine. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Yeah. All right. Well. Um, Thanks everybody for uh, for watching. Um, again, you can find me uh, Daniel Three Biblical Anarchy. Um, also Twitter at Biblical Anarchy. Uh, Caleb, go ahead and plug your stuff too. Uh, I'm on YouTube as the Catholic Libertarian, and I'm on Twitter at Caleb Brown Five Four Nine. Cool. All right. Thanks, Caleb. Uh, it's always fun to do this. We'll do it again soon. And everyone have Sounds a good. have a you know have a safe night. Don't uh, um, you know. Don't do anything that a radical extremist would do. And if you're going to drink and drive, don't get caught. Oh, God, no. <laughs> maybe maybe, maybe also don't guys. drink and drive, but... For that, too, but also <laughs> don't get caught. That, that, that's going to be the right. most important part. <laughs> oh, God. All right, everybody. Have a good night.
Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.